The Grandmother Stories Seeking Light in Dark Times Hello, I'm Katherine Matheson. Writer, grandmother, crone, aspiring wise woman. I've walked this earth through six decades and even the fools among us can see the situation in this world that our children will inherit is dire. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, Your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. Episode 22, how doorways lead you across the universe and deep into your own heart. Dear grandchildren, I want to take you on a journey in this episode, a journey through the molecules and atoms and quantum particles that flow through the universe. And in taking you on this journey, I would ask you to become aware of yourself in this moment, wherever you are, how you are sitting or standing, walking or driving. This is not a meditation. It's more of a thinking, feeling, being, becoming, that state which is best described as experiencing something without actually experiencing it, which means you're experiencing it in your mind and not in reality, like knowing what mint smells like and experiencing the smell without actually having the mint plant or anything like peppermint oil nearby. The word for this thinking, feeling, being, becoming is elusive. If I had to give this state a word, I would give it a word that might surprise you. The word I would use to describe the state of thinking, feeling, being, becoming is druid. Not druid, as in the old man with a beard, wearing a long flowing robe and cutting mistletoe from an oak tree with golden scissors. Not that kind of druid. What other kind is there, I hear you say? Well, druid as in the state of being able to pass through doorways of perceptions and time, to see what is not there, to feel what is currently not near, to taste what is not in your mouth, to hear what is not being sounded in your vicinity. I submit to you that every time you experience life this way, by reading a book or watching a movie or letting an amazing song move you, you are moving through a doorway into a specific experience you would not otherwise experience. And in moving through that doorway into a specific experience, you are, whether you know it or not, doing the thing that ancient druids once did. Now, 
You may not realize it, but the word druid also means doorway. Ancient ones understood that to live a life of being able to move through doorways made their lives richer and helped them learn in ways that went far beyond their comprehension, to take them places they could only travel to inside their minds. They became known as the ones who could access doorways into the unseen, into other worlds, other dimensions, other times, and even other planets and galaxies. So when I say to you again that I want to take you on a journey in this episode, a journey through the molecules and atoms and quantum particles that flow through the universe, I'm asking you to step through a doorway into a way of thinking, feeling, being, becoming that allows you to see without eyes, hear without ears, and know without proof that you are traveling with me to a place that truly exists. Ready? Here we go. Imagine you're standing with your teacher, Merlin, in the middle of an ancient forest. You are far from your village, far from the stone song, which is the great circle of standing stones near your village, far from the wood chant, which is the massive circle of oak trees near your village. It is late autumn and the weather has been dry. The forest floor is awash in leaves, in hues of gold and red and brown. You've been walking through this ancient forest for many days, following the old deer tracks that weave around and through the giant tree trunks. You read the signs of wood and water and sky to find your way to the great meadow, a clear space on a flat hilltop near the heart of this vast forest and you often stopped to take off your gloves to touch the guardian trees. Let the mother tree know we are coming, you said. And then you sent a feeling from your heart and a thought from your mind out through your fingertips, letting it move into the bark of the guardian tree, knowing the feeling and the thought would find its way into the heartwood of that tree and down into its roots. And from its roots, the thought will move through the mycorrhizal network into the roots of the trees around it, where it will spread through the forest floor like a stone thrown into a still pond, rippling outward until it finds the mother tree. Now, you are standing above the height of the trees, which spread out in every direction at your feet, and feeling glad for the warmth of your thick felt-lined boots, your wool cloak, and layers of warm sweaters and singlets. It also helps that you are standing near the ceremonial fire, burning with considerable heat in a fire pit in the center of the hill. A stout stone pillar that is about three feet or a meter wide and about six feet or two meters high, stands on the south side of the fire pit. It is known as the Turus Fada, the Stone of Long Journeys. After prayers and songs celebrating the setting of the sun and the rise of the dark moon, it is time to begin.
Merlin steps toward the Turu's father and puts his hands upon it. You move to stand behind him. After a moment, the stone glows blue, lighting up the small space on the flat hilltop and reflecting off the tips of the branches on the trees beyond. Then you put your hands on the stone. And what happens next takes your breath away until it is all you can do to stay standing. But you are with Merlin, and he has taken this journey countless times, and he has brought each one of his students here at one point in their training, and this is your turn. So you catch your breath and lean in, allowing this experience to wash over you and all of your senses, hanging on to the stone and knowing that Merlin is here too. And even though your eyes remain open, you no longer see the stone or the hilltop or the trees. That is, you see them, but not the same way. The stone has become a doorway, and you can see the trees through the doorway now, except they have become pillars of blue light now, and their roots and their branches are also glowing blue. You follow Merlin through the doorway, and you find yourself hovering as if you are birds near the top of the mother tree. And then you realize you are a bird, and Merlin is, well, a Merlin falcon. He tilts his head at you, and you hear his voice in your head. Well done. Now, follow me. Remember, it's just one doorway after another. And with that, he tucks into a dive and plunges headfirst into the middle of the mother tree. There is no sense of wonder or worry, and you don't think about it, you just follow him. There is a feeling of vertigo as you too plunge headfirst into the middle of the mother tree. And it is like a doorway. You are an ant now, moving down the middle of a vast blue hallway, head down and scuttling fast. You see Merlin is an ant too, and somehow you recognize him, and you are able to keep up with him. When you come to the end of the vast blue hallway, you and Merlin run together through another doorway, and you're both running faster now and faster until you realize you are an ant no longer and have become smaller by far even than the eye of an ant until you are part of an electrical current shooting through the root system of the forest from tree to tree, all shining blue pillars with vast entanglements of roots, yet somehow you are always moving forward until you come to what you recognize as a guardian tree, and the two streams of electrical currents that are you and Merlin make a 90-degree turn to continue on and on and on until you come to another mother tree, a mother tree so big that she towers over all the other trees in the forest. And when you reach this huge mother tree, you make another 90-degree angle turn, only this time it is to move up the middle of this tree in a beetle body, which means you have wings that you use to fly up and up through this mother tree until you come through to the sky once again. And now you are birds once again, 
and you are flying through a ribbon of light that seems to perch on the branches of the trees, and you can see the trees and the ribbon stretching above the earth and still glowing blue, and everywhere there are other ribbons interlaced with this one. You are riding through it on currents of clear blue air, even though you are now surrounded by night skies. And as you come to a point on the horizon, it seems as if all the ribbons on all sides of you are also racing toward that point. And once again, you are turned from a bird into something else. And this time, you become a perfect round sphere, almost invisible. And you realize you are rising now above the blue ribbon so that you can look down and see the curve of the glimmering blue ribbons crisscrossing the planet as you lift ever higher, following the trajectory of one particular ribbon that now shows itself to you as a star road, almost invisible amongst the backdrop of stars. And you are hurtling now toward another galaxy. And as you look back, you see the planets of your galaxy dwindle behind you until they disappear. And now, looking forward, you see another spiral of planets circling a well-known star in a constellation you have watched and studied all your life. So that you know where you are, and which planet you are heading for, and which star cousins live there. But this is a journey that has no stopping points, and as you round the curve of this planet, you realize you are going to swing right around it and then be hurled back in the direction you came. And as you round this planet, you notice it too is a jewel-toned planet, and it's crisscrossed with ribbons of hallways. But these ribbons shimmer in a deep ruby red, and they are in a different pattern than the ones on Earth. And then this planet is behind you and you are flying back the way you came, still a sphere and still traveling with Merlin. It has all happened so fast, you may have only had time for a handful of breaths from the time this journey started, but every stage has played out crystal clear and sharp edged in your mind until you are certain you will never forget these images. And then you remember Merlin's admonition to look as deeply into everything as you possibly can, because he will want to know what you will have learned from this. And so you shift your focus to look more closely. And that's when you begin to see it. The whole point for this pell-mell ride. Happy with yourself, you tuck in that small insight and you look for more. And they come to you now the knowings, almost as fast as the speed you are going, and it is picking up, and you can see your home galaxy now, and again the lovely view of your very own jewel-toned planet. This one in blues and greens and whites with its beautiful pattern of ribbons and its own energy lines that are now such a thrill to come home to. And from the sphere into an ice chip, into a raindrop, you are suddenly part of a multitude of raindrops, down, down, 
down until you come to the water of a huge green waved ocean and you grow fins and a tail and you cut through the surface and you breathe in through your gills the salty scent of the best part of her, your mother earth, and you are speeding through the water faster than you could think possible, heading for a ribbon of fresh water that smells of your home river. And when you have moved well into her estuary, you jump into the air and you become a bird once again. And now Merlin the falcon and you the bird of your dreams are winging north past your village, past stone song and wood chant and over the depths of the great ancient forest until you see two people standing on the flat-topped hill in the clearing near its heart, in the clearing above the mother tree. And as you drop down towards your own body, you experience another rush of vertigo as the veins in your brain and your eyes and your head take shape in your mind. And the rest of your body finds its rhythm in the beating of your heart as you pump through that ruby red chamber and round the corner to flow through the course. Once again, you blink and you feel your feet and your hands and your legs and your arms and you know you are back again in this time and this place and you are filled with wonder and joy and your cheeks are almost hurting so large is the smile that you have on your face you turn toward merlin and he is smiling back at you well met he says you have mastered each of the physical doorways on the course set by the old ones. Next time, we will run the invisible corridors and roads of the other world. Dear Grandchildren, Your consciousness is something you can use to travel anywhere and everywhere in the universe once you get the hang of it. And you are so much more than the body you inhabit. So much more than a beating heart and a thinking mind. You are also a feeling, thinking, being, becoming one. You are a being able to cross doorways into other realms. And yes, more than that, you are perhaps druid. If you know this to be true, don't be shy. Claim it. Own it, run with it, fly with it, become it. You are being called, dear grandchildren. In our next episode, which is the last episode for 2023, we will end this year with a look at what it looks like to answer the call. What do you do when you claim your gifts and you own your truth and you realize that you do in fact know you can move through doorways and run through hidden tracks? Thank you for listening to episode 22 of The Grandmother Stories. For a deeper dive into this and other magical offerings, check out Stonesong Wisdom at katherinematheson.substack.com. See you soon. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights 
and your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. <laughs>